are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday, a Lundi Gras podcast for you on a really gross day here in New Orleans and also just a weird Mardi Gras season in general. And... We're not going to be in a good mood on today's show. You know why. So far, the Pelicans on this road trip 0 for 3 after a big loss to the Chicago Bulls, which we covered over the weekend. They played the Dallas Mavericks and the Detroit Pistons. Didn't go much better. And it starts on one side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. And that's what we're going to lead off today's show with because it is broken on that side to the point where I don't know if there's any fixing this or redeeming this. And you know what? Stan Van Gundy tends to agree with me on this. So let's dive into the defense, everything that went on over the weekend. I'm going to touch on Kyra Lewis Jr. today as well, and and briefly on the offense to some degree as well. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. So we don't really need to recap these two games like individually and into specifics over the weekend for the Pelicans because they kind of fall into a similar theme and it's a similar theme we saw to the Chicago Bulls loss as well. So after a four game winning streak, the Pelicans are now 0-3 over their last three on a road trip too. And it sums up this way. The defense sucked. And they gave up way too many three-pointers. They gave up a combined 53 pointers to the Chicago Bulls in the Dallas Mavericks and against the, the Detroit Pistons, who have six wins on the season, six quality wins as we talked about, but still only six wins. They gave up way too many threes again and set a couple of NBA records in the process of all of this. 17 made threes against them, against the Pistons, her team that struggles to score points. This is just flat out unacceptable, all around unacceptable. And this team needs to look itself in the face from top to bottom and decide what they're going to be going forward or where they are. And this starts with David Griffin. Then it goes down to Stan Van Gundy. And then it comes down to the players as well. This is not good enough. This team, as they're made up with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram and the rest of the cast of characters here, is good enough to beat the Bulls. They're probably good enough to honestly beat the Dallas Mavericks too, and they're definitely good enough to beat the Detroit Pistons. Their offense during this stretch has been flat out awesome. They are scoring points against the Dallas Mavericks. Zion Williamson was 14 of freaking 15. 36 points, B.I., 30 points on the night. You got 66 combined points out of them. But you lose because you give up 143 to the Mavs, 46 to Luka, and 36 to washed-up Kristaps Porzingis, who made this defense look like there was no one there. This isn't working. It's really that simple. This is kind of one of those things where if you're in a relationship with another person, at this point, you've got to break up, right? Like you've tried... It's just clearly toxic for everyone, and there's no really getting around this. It's not working. And Stan Van Gundy said this after the Detroit loss as well. And he said, I don't think we we have no answers. 
He said uh, against the Dallas Mavericks, they tried everything. They did drop coverage. They hedged. They pressed. They did zone. And the Dallas Mavericks kept making threes. So when you try all of that, and look, one game, small sample size for all of that to work, it, and, and none of it works, that tells you a lot if you can't find anything to work. And this is where David Griffin needs to examine this team and look at some of the moves that he's made. Eric Bledsoe, who we'll touch on a little bit more in the next segment, has been flat out bad. Like all year long, he's had moments of scoring, but defensively, he's making the case that Drew Holiday was snubbed harder than we realized Drew Holiday was snubbed last year for the all-defensive team, with Eric Bledsoe getting in over him when they were both on, on opposite teams now. And he's looked miserable. I have no idea why he was closing the game against the Pistons. He shouldn't have been out there, but he was. It's disappointing to see that even with no answers out there, Sam Van Gundy is still throwing Eric Bledsoe into crunch time quality minutes. He needs to examine himself in the rotations. And he said, to his credit, that he would be doing that. That if these guys don't have a defensive mentality or don't give a damn, and that's a quality you know that I want to talk about in a minute here, then you've got to put people that do. Because this is truly truly unacceptable. It's not really a scheme thing so much as in protect the paint, give open threes. Because again, as I've told you all, and this is like a month old podcast now, a couple weeks old podcast when I, it's literally titled, if you want to go listen to it, the like hidden issues with the Pelicans defense, they give up way too many easy shots at the rim that uh, opponents convert. You might limit that a little bit, but when opponents are shooting 70, 80% against you inside, Even if you're limiting it, the damage is still being done because they're converting at such a high rate. And that's a big problem. And Steven Adams is not fixing that, which makes that trade over the summer in the Drew Holiday deal look even worse. So let's get into all of this here coming up in the next segment of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and NHL are all in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards TV shows and, yeah, reality TV as well. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Look at that. The Pelicans overs seem like really good bets right now. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. And when you sign up either on your mobile device or over on the website and use the promo code locked on, you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Put in a thousand dollars. They're giving you $500. You already want to bet. It's amazing. Just by signing up bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. So let's continue talking about the defense and some of the individual players because this team is bad on that side of the ball. Again, I want to be very clear. The offense and the switch to running things through Zion has really opened things up and you see less stagnation and less issues from the team that we saw early on in the year. So while we got 
very excited about how they played over that four-game homestand and what we saw from the offense and Point Zion and how awesome that was, there is another side of the ball that clearly needs some work and the most attention paid to it. And as Stan Van Gundy said, and this is this is pretty damning on him to be to be honest too. Where he goes, we, we got everything. I don't know what we need to do. We've got no answers to all of this. You're, you're 26 games into the season, so you're about a third or so of the way. It shouldn't be this bad, but... You know what? If these guys aren't responding, you needed to have tried things differently at some point in the you know before this. This is the coach's job to get the most out of these guys. Like that is what you are here for. There's a lot on the players too, and we're going to touch on some specific ones here in a second. But I'm not absolving Stan Van Gundy, even if they also had defensive issues under Alvin Gentry and throwing it all on the players. This is your job. And you're not doing your job well enough. Same for the players. It's your job to defend too, and you guys aren't doing your job. So all of this is bad. You shouldn't be running out of answers as a coach because it's your job to find answers. And if you don't have answers, what are you doing here? Anyway, for the players, Eric Bledsoe has been really bad defensively. Kind of all season long, he's been getting blown by repeatedly. He's had some nice moments. Yes, don't get me wrong. But overall, his overall body of work is pretty terrible. And you saw it in full display, particularly against the Pistons. That's the the very egregious one. The Pelicans tried to hide him, hide him, an all-defensive guy against the Dallas Mavericks, putting the Luka Doncic matchup in the hands of Lonzo Ball, which he failed, as anyone was going to in that game. But against the Pistons, they also kind of tried to hide Eric Bledsoe a little bit, and he still got lit up. DeLon Wright scored 4-4 four of four against him. That was the primary defensive assignment he had in this game. And... Got lit up to the tune of eight points and four of four shooting in this game when he was the primary defender, which, as I've said, there's some issues with these numbers and the way they kind of tag people and don't tag people, but it can give you somewhat of a good idea here. So I don't think they're completely without value. The the, the Pistons shot five of seven against him for 11 points. That's not good. Late in the game when he was out there, and I don't know why, he just looked like he did not care, like at all. Just did not care. Was constantly getting blown by. It just didn't have enough of that, like, give a damn attitude. Like, they lost, and the Pelicans do not do a good job of responding when they get punched in the face, right? We know this. And he just didn't look like he cared. And this breed uh, says to me that it's it's a big lack of trust on the team. What we've seen is they're terrible when they're scrambling, right? When the first action happens and the first defender is blown by and it forces people to rotate and try and figure out what the hell to do, scramble drill. This team sucks. They're really not good at it. It leads to overly hard closeouts on the perimeter, which leads to guys then blowing by that defender because the defender's out of position, getting to the rim again, and then it leads to that open three-point shot after they the Pelicans close out the first or second time even. And when they're scrambling like that, it just seems like dudes like Eric Bledsoe and others are like, whatever, we're going to give up a bucket, we don't care. And that is a big problem. And that's where it comes down to Stan Van Gundy saying, yeah, you've got, you've got to make some changes with the rotation. If these people don't have a defensive mentality, as you're saying then you've got to get them out of the lineup for at least a period of time till they maybe discover that and maybe use that as a tool to try and motivate them. On the perimeter as well, Lonzo Ball has not been good. 
Luka Doncic was three of five against him in this game, nine total points. Kristaps Porzingis was matched up against him a couple of times, scored as well. Same thing for Jalen Brunson. In fact, in this game, uh, Lonzo Ball really only contested like two shots. And it didn't lead to a good performance from anyone on this team. And look, Luka is, or was at least, I don't know if he still is, in the MVP conversation. But... This is still kind of unacceptable. 46 points for him. That was the guy that was primarily guarding him. And that's not going to get it done. You've got to do better than that, particularly because over these past couple of games for him, the the offense has started to abandon him a little bit that he showed in that four-game winning streak that the Pelicans had. And that's kind of getting us back to where we were originally with Lonzo Ball and the problem that uh, he's going to have there. So overall, it was not a good performance um, from Lonzo Ball over both of these games, but particularly against Luka Doncic when he's got to do that. And look, he was guarding Wayne Ellington against the Pistons. Ellington still scored against him. This was not a good couple of games. And Josh Jackson too. Both of them scored six points against Lonzo Ball. If you're if you're not going to give us the offense, you got to give it on the defensive side of the ball. And I'd said all year long, he has not been as good of a defender as advertised. He's not bad, but he's not good. He might be above average. He was bad over these games. That's going to be a big part of the problem, too. And then I finally want to get to, and this was particularly evident in the game against the Dallas Mavericks, Steven Adams. We've talked a lot about how he's not part of the problem on offense, but he's being part of the problem defensively right now. He really, really struggled with Kristaps Porzingis in this one. Porzingis scored 16 points against him, 6 of 7 from the field, um, and of course made four threes against him too, leading to a lot of that. He had no idea how to guard or defend him. And Steven Adams, who's dealing with somewhat of an injury here, appear, I don't want to say he's breaking down in front of our eyes because he's not, but that's something to kind of keep an eye on going forward. And this kind of goes down to the stuff I talked about in the opening segment about the Drew Holiday trade, which brought him in. I wasn't thrilled about that deal, but you could sell me on it, right? Giving up the first round pick and giving him the extension and worried that maybe he'd lose him for nothing or he'd get more expensive in free agency after this season. And so, you know, you give him the deal now, lock him in at a cheaper price. Kind of smart. However, that move is maybe holding New Orleans back to some degree. Maybe they're not able to make trades or things like that because of the way their salary is structured right now. The fact that they're basically right up against the luxury tax line. It limits some of the creativity you can have, some of the flexibility you can have. And no one wants to take on Steven Adams in that deal right now. He does not look good. He can give you that those offensive rebounds and the defense boards. He can give you a double-double with 10 and 10. But defensively, he has not been amazing at, at any point, really, this season. Rebound's good, but in terms of being a one-on-one defender and rim protector, no. And if he's going to continue to get lit up like he did against the Dallas Mavericks, it looks like that might be a mistake. I mean, he struggled, particularly in the Detroit game. We shouldn't be talking about Mason Plumley, but we are because he went off against New Orleans with, uh, with Steven Adams being the primary defender against him, 8 of 11, 73%, 16 total points, and 4 assists. Mason Plumley should not be lighting up Steven freaking Adams. That's a problem. I'm pausing for like rhetorical effect here, right? For dramatic effect. But that's bad. 
And that's a problem that's going on with this team right now. None of these guys are defending well. And it's making that trade where you sent out George Hill, brought back Eric Bledsoe, and also decided to trade for, including one of a first-round pick the uh, from the Nuggets, the for Steven Adams, and then gave him an extension. It's not looking particularly good after these two games. And that's where David Griffin needs to look at himself in the mirror with this roster that he's constructed. So everyone needs to look at themselves. But there is a bright spot, and I want to end the show on that. So let's talk about Kyra Lewis Jr. coming up here in the next segment. So before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Seriously, you know, I I tell you guys, I eat one of these things every single day. I'm going to have one a little bit later today as I'm recording this in the morning uh, right before I work out. Basically use that as my lunch because these things are low in calories, low in sugar, high in protein and high in fiber. They have some that are 17 grams of protein and just 130 calories. Or if you need a little bit more protein, they've got some that are 19 grams of protein and just 180 calories. So you're not wasting all the time you did on the bike or the treadmill or running if you're a crazy person out in the weather that we're having here in New Orleans. These things are the best protein bar out there. Just compare them to the other bars that you've tried before. Look at the nutritional facts. These are going to win every time. They also taste about a million times better. I tweeted out a picture of a built bar the other day and go look at the response to that tweet. So many other listeners have bought these built bars to give them a try. And now these are what they use when they need a protein bar. They keep going back and ordering more just like I do. Unbelievably delicious flavors. I've been digging the double chocolate, the lemon almond cheesecake, the cookies and cream. I could go on and on and on. Mint brownie is also really excellent. You've got to give them a try and go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On. You're going to get 20% off your next order. That is promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Don't forget, listen to the Locked On NBA podcast on Mondays. Josh Lloyd, host of our wildly popular Locked On Fantasy Basketball podcast, takes you around the NBA's major headlines with the help of our local experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast today wherever you get podcasts. Okay, so we've been angry for two segments here, and I'm sure you were angry last night um, on Valentine's Day, no less, for everything. Um, so I wanted to try and end on a bit of a positive note, and I liked what... Uh, someone tweeted at me, and this comes from Mr. PhD at Tech News Foot. And the tweet is, the team is disappointed and mediocre. There's no improvement whatsoever, at least on the defensive side of the ball. What are the solutions? Give us good reasons to keep watching this team. Look, I, I don't have solutions here other than these players need to give a damn. That's Stan Van Gundy's job, and this is where he's going to earn the millions of dollars that the team is paying him as they try and figure this out because it's obviously not something you can just give up on. Even if you turn over the roster, you still need to get the most out of some of the guys that remain. And while Zion, I think, has improved a little bit there, Ingram has struggled, and that's really where Stan is going to need to kind of earn some cash. But if you want some reasons to keep watching this team, and look, we hit this point every year, right? This has never been historically a great franchise where from the start of the year to the end of the year, you're like, that was really, really fun to watch. When was the last time we had a season that all year long was like, oh, hell yeah. Was it Chris Paul's last year? Like where, okay, they're pretty good overall. We know they're going to get in. Let's keep enjoying games and watching games when they played the Lakers really tough in the first round of the playoffs. Even the two playoff seasons for Anthony Davis, it came down to the final game of the year, pretty much. And wasn't like the most fun thing to watch 
ever all season long. You had lulls where this team kind of sucked. Even the boogie year, you know, you had that injury to him and then the Pelicans lost a bunch of games before turning it on right at the end of the season. But it's, but from start to finish, was there ever a point where you're just like, oh, I can't tune out right now? No, there's been almost every season there's a extended stretch where it's like, okay, I don't need to pay attention to this team anymore if you're a fan of them. And we're kind of going through that right now with the Pelicans with the lack of improvement. But if you're looking for bright spots, there's a lot. This is a far more entertaining bad team than I think we've really ever had before. First, there's Zion, right? What he did against Dallas going 14 of 15 and even the game against the Pistons is pretty incredible to watch. If he were scoring 40 or 50, it'd be even... uh, Worse in a way because then you'd start to get into kind of it feels like, you know, when AD would have a 50 point game, which didn't come really still in his rookie year, which is what Zion's kind of going through. Um, And then the team lost that you're like, wow, what an unbelievable waste, right? We're not at that level yet, but he's going to be getting to that point. And when he starts hitting that point of basically going nuclear out on the basketball court. I think actually the team should be winning more games than losing, and I'm pretty optimistic about that. So watching him improve and the things he's doing around the rim with the unbelievably efficient scoring is awesome to me. I really, really, really enjoy watching Zion Williamson play, and he is improving a little bit, if ever so slightly. He's not good, but he is improving ever so slightly on the defensive side of the ball. In terms of, though, the bright spot, and if you really want to keep watching, something new, something you might not already be taking for granted, which I think people are doing with Zion to a degree, is Kyra Lewis Jr. We talked about Eric Bledsoe and some of these other guys not caring enough. You know who has give a damn in spades? Is Kyra Lewis Jr. When he got the opportunity and into the game against the Mavericks and the Pistons, dude tried and cared. He's making rookie mistakes on the defensive side of the ball. He's getting blown by a little bit, right? And getting beat. I'm actually okay with it for him because he is trying really, really hard. And he's giving it his all. And he's into it. And he cares. And he's just motoring around on the defensive side of the ball. And I love to see that from the rookie. And you know what? He's been pretty good. Like, he's been pretty good there, I think, on the defensive side. I've been rather impressed with him. He's strong at the point of attack. He's quick enough that he can keep up with defenders. And he's so fast enough, too, he recovers well. Even when they start to beat him or a screen is set and he doesn't do the greatest job of fighting through screens, he's tiny. He's like a super rail thin. He doesn't have the bulk to kind of go through a lot of those screens. But he recovers well after them and can get back to the guy that he's supposed to cover and not kill the defense that way. It's really the help defenders who have no idea what they're doing because they're not expecting him to recover as well. So they help probably more so than they should. But that's something that'll get figured out in time. But he tries, man. Like, he's out there kind of giving it his all, and I love to see that from the rookie. And when Stan Van Gundy's talking about saying, we need to make some changes, we need to change the rotation maybe, and maybe some guys need to fall out of it, I hope it means they're going to elevate Kyra Lewis Jr. some more. And look, in the past two games, he's played basically 16 and a half minutes each time. I don't think he needs to be playing 36, 40 minutes per game. 28, 26 minutes, I think is a good number for him bumping him up to that range. And that's what I want to start to see out of him uh, and what he's capable of. And let him run the offense. Let him be the lead guard for this team. Over the past four games, he's averaging 10 points per. 
The assists will come as the team starts to convert those looks as they started to do a little bit better so far this season. But he's been good while he's been out there. And more importantly, over these last four games, his combined plus minus zero. He's not actively hurting you when he's out there. And I think that's an important thing to kind of keep in mind. So I'm very excited to see more from Kyra. I'm very excited to see Zion keep doing his Zion things. And hopefully see Brandon Ingram improve on the defensive side of the ball. So there you go. Let's end on a positive note. So enjoy Lundi Gras today. Enjoy Mardi Gras tomorrow. Yes, there will be a show tomorrow. There, I'm anticipating on doing a show on Wednesday, but remains to be exactly seen right now. Normally, I wouldn't. Bit of a different Mardi Gras year. We'll see. Um, so enjoy these next two days wherever you are. Let the Mardi Gras spirit at least be around you, even if we can't do the majority of the celebrating that we normally do. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all tomorrow.